Welcome to the Truth of the Matter Is podcast. I'm your host, Daniel, alongside John. And this is episode 100. Speaking on behalf of myself and Jonathan, we want to let you all know that we appreciate you for listening today. Before we begin, let's give a round of applause to all who have decided to join us today and actually have been pressing play since day one. On behalf of myself and Daniel, we want you to know that you mean a lot to us and we appreciate all of your support whenever you became part of the Truth of the Matterverse podcast family. So Daniel, before we move forward with today's conversation, obviously, I have three questions. First question is, how does it feel to know that you are part of something like this? It's done a great deal for my life and learning more about the Bible has just been great in itself. So it feels good to know that we did a hundred episodes week after week after week after week for a hundred weeks. So that's so I think it's a thing to hold our heads high about. Yeah, when I actually came up with the idea, this is the second question. Did you ever think that it would last this long? Well, I know you very well, and I've seen your discipline since I've been watching you in the fifth grade, just walking to the park to go try to work out or practice things for football. So I already knew once this was something that we got started with, it would be something that we would do consistently. Fair enough, fair enough. I am a person that tries to be a man of my word, so I appreciate the compliment. For those who don't know, yes, I, I'm almost like a perfectionist, and I know that's not the greatest mindset to have, but that's always been something that I've tried to accomplish and do when it comes to things that matter to me or things that I want to do. So last question, you know, I know you have your other projects and platform. How does it feel to share this stage with your older brother? Honestly, I've been trying to get out of this since day one. No, just like... Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Like... Oh, the joke is... No, it's, I, I know. it's I good know. to be able to to work work together with somebody because a lot of people, honestly, they're not reliable when it comes to starting something and sticking with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll notice that sometimes with friendships, sometimes in business ventures, you'll notice it sometimes... Even with uh, relationships and, you know, partners, and even if you uh, make content and other things, it's, it's very hard to find people who are consistent. So it's good to know that I have somebody in my life that I know I can always rely on, call upon or do things together with. And <laughs> it's going to actually get done. So. I don't have any tissues, by, but appreciate that. Wish I had some <laughs> tissues. <laughs> Hold on, I got something in my eye. Yeah, so before we now get be the most started. emotional area I ever see, Jonathan. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, so <laughs> before we get started, you know, it was something interesting that happened in a period of time. I think it was last week, but it might have been this week. 
so i want to tell i want to share our audience what happened so i i've been trader joe and i'm picking some things up for those who don't know trader joe is a popular supermarket for healthy foods i believe it was it got started in california and it's made its way over to the east coast and i, I i'm looking and i remember daniel on his vegan journey he used to purchase this thing called hummus did i did i did i pronounce it right there hummus you did okay so i'm over here in a grocery store right funniest thing ever and i'm looking for the hummus and i'm like what was it for so i never asked daniel extensively what does he use it for i never asked him so i said okay let me give him a phone call so if he tells me what it is and it's something that interests me i might pick it up and try it and if he doesn't pick up, I'm going to continue to stay on the line, purchase my things, and get back to the car. So all I know is I called Daniel. He says hello. And I said, hey, Daniel, this thing that you had, what was it called? I believe I pronounced it wrong. I said hummus or something. And Daniel mm -hmm. said hummus. And the next thing I know, the guy in front of me turns around and engages this conversation with me. And he starts explaining and saying everything that Daniel was supposed to say to me to my hearing. And I didn't want to just be rude and just be like, hey, I'm not talking to you. I'm on my phone with my brother. He completely just took over the whole conversation to the point that Dane was like, yeah, uh, <laughs> Daniel didn't, <laughs> you didn't know what to say, right? Because it kind of felt like I did. I, I explicitly, when I picked up the call, I said, hey, Daniel, let me ask you a question. So that, that, hey, Daniel means that I was speaking to a specific person by the name. And the guy, for whatever reason, so there was an opportunity for him to flex about it, give me a whole history lesson of it. And then he went on to tell me about how he worked at the store and how he was familiar with the manager. All these other things that I wasn't quite, you know, quite frankly, I wasn't interested, but I listened in. Right. And he continued that conversation all the way until they called me. And then he had the conversation. About he, I got a whole history lesson on how he moved to New York, how he's trying to get around, how he used that. He brought it. It's a, he said hummus or is is a european thing it was just like out of nowhere with this guy and i didn't really know what to say so now that this is the first time you know because me and daniel are, are quite busy so we don't really exchange too much conversation during the week because our schedules are completely different so this is the first time i'm going to hear dan's response knowing that that you know the first time i called him the conversation was be, was supposed to be between me and him and it ended up being between me and a stranger who thought it was his opportunity to inform me of all that information. You know what my honest thoughts was after he finished saying it? I was like, well, I guess you didn't need to call me at all. <laughs> it was just so funny. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fine. Like, I didn't think too much into it. I was just like, well, maybe he he's at work and he, he wants somebody to talk to. He's bored or, you know, he's... No, nah, he was a regular Whatever customer. The case was. He was a regular customer. He wasn't oh, that's even worse. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I guess that's, I don't know. Yeah, he was a regular Maybe he guy. wanted to make a friend. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I think he needed a friend. <laughs> he needed instant conversation, so he took the opportunity and ran with it. I think that's what it is. So I, I'm here to tell you, Dave, that as I went out today to do some deliveries and I came back and enjoyed two NBA games, I actually picked it up and I tried it, and it's actually pretty good. It's actually really good, actually. So when you're going vegan? I don't know if I'm going vegan, but it is the healthier version of chip and dip because I do like ranch and I've had had cheese before. So 
Interesting, right? Yeah, so... I will get you a longboard someday. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know about the vegan thing, because I, I love my... I love you, my said, you said yeah. No, no, no. You know, I, it's already, you're already committed. No, I love my chicken wings. You can, yeah? you I love my already. chicken wings Just... and my chicken sandwich. <laughs> right? I Now, I've, I have been eating a lot of shrimp and salmon lately. But so like pescatarian almost <laughs> close to it. Well, I have had I had eggs, so that has a face. So I don't know if that's that's what I would say, but okay. All right, so now that we've gotten these pleasure teas out the way, conversations that we would had, we had more time. I before we jump into prayer, I want to share a text of scripture in the hearing of my audience first. And it was this text of scripture that has kept me going every week when it came to providing content with Daniel. So I figured this would help many of you as well who are listening, right? And it's based off this text that the Lord is my witness and therefore I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing him say, well done, good and faithful servant. So I'm going to read this text. I know Daniel normally does. So. I'm going to go to Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 21 through 27 in the English Standard Version. Again, Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 21 through 27, ESV. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Add your burnt offerings to your sacrifices and eat the flesh. For in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, I did not speak to your fathers or command them concerning burnt offerings. And sacrifices. But this command I gave them obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the way that I command you, that it may be well with you. But they did not obey or incline their ears, but walked in their own counsel and stubbornness of their evil hearts, and went back and f- backward and not forward. From the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt to this day. I have persistently sent all my servants, the prophets, to them, day after day. Yet they did not listen to me, or incline their ears, but stiffed their necks were. They did worse than their fathers. They did worse than their fathers. So you shall speak all these words to them, but they will not listen to you. You shall call to them, but they will not answer you. The reason why this passage of scripture meant a lot to me once I got started and has continued to sustain me is because when I got started, I need to be aware while also having a reminder that what we do here on the truth of the matter is, is we're providing the service to help people on the behalf of God. Right. We're speaking the gospel message to many people who actually press play. And I had to come to the realization that some are going to listen and care. In fact, on the opposite end, there will be some who will ignore me. They will, they, you know, they're going to ignore me and Daniel. Some will say we're full of hate and ideas of promoting speech is something that they don't want to hear. There will be some who are grateful to things said and will encourage them and keep them going for the things me and Daniel do and say. There will be others that will critique and make suggestions of how we're in error. When I started the Truth of the Matters podcast alongside Daniel, I had to prepare myself for it all because of Jesus Christ, who has enabled 
us to stand is the main reason why I believe we're still standing and still doing the Lord's work. So I had to realize that if I'm going to keep going, let it be for the sake of those who want to listen. Let it be for the sake of those who can gain wisdom, understanding, and some suggestions that we make. Because we're not here to say we're some form of authority figures. But I think it's important to have a different perspective on a scripture that can be utilized to help you grow. And therefore, see how it can be applied. You know, the very things that we went to school for, philosophy, history, political science, sociology, psychology, history. All these different topics can be useful and are found in scripture. And therefore, I thought the marketplace was missing some sort of content that was centered around that. And I believe that's why God encouraged me to create the Truth of the Matters podcast. And of course, with Dame's help, I believe we are a blessing to those who are pressing play. So, I want to make sure I give the floor to Dane as well. What would you say has gotten you to continue to be encouraged and to keep you going as you went week from week when it came to the podcast? Knowing that somebody's relying on me. I think it's important as a man that not only you are responsible, but you're also accountable. And if somebody's relying on you, um, there's no greater pleasure in this world than to know that somebody is counting on you to perform a task or giving you a responsibility. So just knowing I have a responsibility to you, I have a responsibility to the listeners, I have a responsibility to God. And I have a responsibility to myself to honor the commitment that I made to you, the viewers, and God to do this podcast week after week. So, okay, understanding um, understanding my roles pretty much what allows me to be consistent. Mm. All right, great answer. So, with that being said, we're gonna first and foremost we're gonna jump right into prayer. Oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, first and foremost, I want to thank you for watching over myself, Daniel, and our listeners. I want to thank you for inspiring us and employing us to provide suggestions and considerations when it comes to the reading of your word and how it applies to us daily. Lord, thank you for moving in on us by giving us an opportunity and a platform to declare how great your name is. For Lord, we know is above all names. Lord, we thank you for using us as instruments of righteousness, not wickedness. Lord, as we continue, we ask that you continue to work through us. We pray in faith with hope that our platform can continue to be a blessing to all who continue to press play. Let them know that the glory, honor, and praise will not go to us, but to you. For we are willing, full participants, always ready to submit and so reverence to you, O Lord, who is very much alive and has already been risen. Therefore, Lord, we say these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Continuing with the Gospel of Matthew series, 
for those who don't know we've already taken a look at the light and salt we're going to continue and look at Matthew chapter 5 verses 17 through 20 in the English Standard Version again Matthew chapter 5 verses 17 through 20 in the English Standard Version Daniel do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets I have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them for truly I say to you until heaven and earth pass away not a dot or pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Great job, Dane. So today we are going to spend some time looking at verses 17 through 20 in Matthew chapter 5 carefully. And I use the word carefully there is because when we look at things in a much more smaller sample size, we sort to recognize the very important things that we might have not considered if we haven't taken that approach. So first thing you'll notice here is Jesus is Jesus is providing an explanation in verse 17, right? He's setting the record straight. So what does that mean? He's basically providing understanding. Remember, the worst thing human beings can do is assume. Why? Because that's the lowest level of knowledge a human being has. And to be operating with that means you're not operating as a person with good judgment and or caution. It's important that we operate with good judgment and caution. Instead, you are anxious and not steady. And that could be problematic in a lot of areas. So Jesus here is clearing the air. He's addressing the assumptions that many might have had. And he's steering the audience, those who are listening there, into a direction that lends a reason to pause and then reflect. Again. He's addressing the assumptions that many might have. And he's steering the audience into a direction that lends a reason to pause and then reflect. The reason for the pause is to take something into consideration, right? So by that, you're pondering. You're taking a step back. You're reconsidering. And then something new may surface. That something new may surface. So imagine this, if something wasn't brought to your attention, right? And then all of a sudden it is. You have to take it under evaluation, correct? Jesus is sharing something in their hearing that is different than what they might have perceived. And it's shocking. Jesus is saying, I did not come to abolish, which means to do away with the law. Jesus instead is saying, I have come to fulfill it. What Jesus is talking about here is the 613 laws that the Israelis people are aware of. Jesus is making something very clear in verse 17. He's making sure to mention that he is not getting rid of the law nor the prophets. Again, he's not getting rid of the law nor the prophets. Why do you think that? Well, Jesus separates the law and the prophets as two distinct categories 
and on means for a greater purpose, and yet he counts the value of the two categories as one and the same. Necessity of both. There's a need for both. Why do you think that, right? Well, there was a location or a place in Scripture called the Mountain of Transfiguration. This passage of scriptures in Matthew 17, Mark 9, and Luke 9. So because we've read Luke, let's go to Luke chapter 9, verse 28 through 36 in the NLT. Again, for context, we're going to go to Luke chapter 9, verse 28 through 36 in the NLT. Daniel? About eight days later, Jesus took Peter, John, and James up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying... The appearance of his face was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly, two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared and began talking with Jesus. They were glorious to see, and they were speaking about his exodus from this world, which was about to be fulfilled in Jerusalem. Peter and the others had fallen asleep. When they woke up, they saw Jesus' glory and the two men standing before as Moses and Elijah were starting to leave, Peter, not even knowing what he was saying, blurted out, Master, it was wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as memorials for, you, for one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. But even as he was saying this, a cloud overshadowed them, and terror gripped them as the cloud covered them. Then a voice from the cloud said, This is my son. My chosen one, listen to him. When the voice finished, Jesus was there alone. They didn't tell anyone at that time what they had seen. So understand this. Moses, from the book and story of Exodus, represents the law. And Elijah, from the book of First and Second Kings, represents the prophets. Now, we haven't gotten to those books on this podcast yet, but if interested, I recommend those books to read, to learn from. And if you're doing individual study, it's important that you see how these two individuals represent a time biblically in history and the different stages and journey and its importance as it pertains to the Hebrew Israel people. Right. So a little bit for context. Right? I think it's a passage in Jude chapter one, verse nine in the English Standard Version. The angel Archmichael was contending with the devil or Satan in regards to the body of Moses, right? And he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous statement, but said, the Lord rebukes you. And this is Judah chapter 1, verse 9. So this understanding, because you have to understand, right? And we can't unpack the whole element of, of the, the mountain of transfiguration, right? Because we're going to get there at some point, right? But the important thing is to know that if you had Moses and Elijah appear before Christ, that's a great sign because it's almost like passing the baton, right? Now, what we are aware of in 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 11, is that Elijah went up in a whirlwind into heaven, that chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of him and Elijah who took over and his power that Elijah had double fold went to Elijah. Right. But again, that's important for the context to understand. So 
the reason why I bring that up is that you have to see periodically right now what's happening. There's a transitional period. The law, the prophets, and now you have Jesus who came. But we're going to get into that a little bit more. Now, what I want us to do is I want us to look at Deuteronomy chapter 34. And I want us to look at verses 5 through 6. And I'm going to read it. So Moses, a servant of the Lord, died. And there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord, he burnt him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite. And But no one knows the place or his burial of this day. The reason why I'm bringing this text up is I want you to understand that his appearance before Christ and Elijah's appearance before Christ points to, to some extent, that Moses might have been still alive, right? Speculation. And when it came to Elijah, we know Elijah was taken up without dying. So it's very possible that these two individuals meeting Christ at the mountain of transfiguration is very much possible. And it was needed for prophecy to be fulfilled and also the passing of the baton and also God declaring who his son was in front of the disciples, right? And that's very important because we know it's reiterated in Peter. But looking back at verse 17 of Matthew chapter 5, remember Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill it. So Jesus really, what he's really saying is the standard of the law and the foretelling and the foretelling of its dissemination to the masses. Jesus ultimately is bringing that to completion. Basically, Jesus is satisfying the requirement of the perfection. Now, before I unpack that, the reason for the perfection, let me explain. The difference between foretelling and foretelling, right? There's a big difference between foretelling and foretelling. Foretelling is something that is accessible to most. And you are just reminding people of what they are familiar with or have access to. Like God's word is available. Therefore, as I speak now, I'm speaking and explaining its context. So I'm foretelling. Okay? So people foretell all the time. All right? In Hebrew time, it was the law within the Torah. So this is the act of foretelling you what is already available and has already occurred. Foretelling, on the other hand, are things that have not yet. And therefore, the act is telling someone what you are expecting falls along what is a prophet and their gifts from God and what God does in most cases. Unfortunately, we're in a time and period now where a lot of people are calling themselves prophets and foretelling what they think the secret of events are going to happen. And we've seen that transpire, especially when it came to the presidential uh, governmental thing at the time. But the point is, those are differences. Foretelling, foretelling. Right now, we're foretelling, foretelling. It's something that God gives an individual to speak to someone in preparation of what they can expect. Very important that I explain that. 
So Jesus' fulfillment of the law is really his completion and the satisfying and his requirements of perfection for humanity. The reason why this is necessary here is because, according to Paul, everyone has fallen short of its standard thus far, right? Paul wrote in Romans the value of what the law did. So let's go to Romans chapter 7, verse 7 for now in the NIV, Daniel. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. For I would have not known what covenant really was if the law had not said, you shall not covet. So simply put, great job, Daniel. The law was foundational and a standard in the right direction so we can recognize the sin within us. Say that again. Simply put, the law was foundational and a standard in the right direction so we can recognize the sin within us. If we go to another portion of chapter 7, and by the way, I encourage everyone to read all of chapter 7. It's all very good and instrumental when it comes to your understanding of it all. Let's go to verse 12, Daniel. So then, the law is holy and the commandment is holy, righteous and good. Beautiful. So we know that the, the, the law is very good, right? Let's jump ahead to verse 14 through 18 again, Romans chapter 7, Daniel. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that the good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. One more time. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, and if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Great job, Dave. Please break that down. Okay. <laughs> part by part, because this is this is powerful. Okay. So we, so we know that the law is spiritual, right? Yes. That means that it's good. But. But I am unspiritual. Because we know that sin lives in us. So therefore. Sold as a slave to sin. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. He creates a scenario. The good that I want to do. Is what I don't do. But what I. The bad that I don't want to do. In regards to sin. Is the things that I keep on doing. Mm-hmm. So I have to agree. That the law is self separate. In relation to me. 
is good, right? As it is no longer good for me to attempt to do because sin is living in me because of the sinful nature that I was born into because of Adam's transgressions. So the big equalizer, the big statement that a lot of people don't agree with when it comes to the Christian perspective or the biblical point of view is that we're all born into a condition. That's what sin is. Sin is a condition that prevents me from acting good, doing good things. And therefore, there's an assistance, a need, a helper, like the Holy Spirit that's supposed to help me carry out the good that I want to do. So basically, there is good elements of me. But because sin reigns in me, I have a hard time carrying it out because of my need to address and do things from a selfish perspective. So when I spoke before in about Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 of Hebrews 8, 10, that speaks about God giving us a new heart, that new heart that we receive for God is his assistance and our desire to pursue that good with the assistance of someone who has that example like Christ. Okay? So, in short, I can have the desire to do what is good, but on a consistent basis, when faced with life's troubles, am I going to consistently live by that standard separate from God? And the answer is no. That's why we need a helper to help us along the way to keep us on the path to doing that very thing that makes us change and new creatures, right? Whoever believes in him, right, is a new creation. So that born again experience that you have with the assistance of the Holy Spirit, that old lifestyle and habits that you created, not being associated with Christ, when you get baptized, that person is buried underneath, just like Christ, who at you know we discussed like last week about the importance of the crucifixion. He took those sins to the grave on our behalf, which is by his name, our stripes are healed. By his name, we are new creatures. So that baptism represents the death and resurrection of Christ. So that death that Christ experienced is that death we experience when we get baptized. It's a public declaration of our commitment to Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a public declaration by declaring that Jesus will be Lord over our lives. So as a person is dipped in, we die. The old us dies. And as we rise, we rise like Christ. So therefore, we are part of the kingdom of God. We've shifted now. And now because of our heart and our transformation and commitment, we are now able with the assistance from Christ to now fulfill and do those things with a new attitude and a new approach. No longer from a selfish perspective, but a selfless perspective. Make sense? Makes perfect sense. So let's move on. Let's move along to uh, Luke chapter 8. 18. 18. Yeah. Or 19. Yes. You read it. And a ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Right. So this is explaining that this understanding or this belief of goodness. And we talked about this at length 
when we did the series in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 all the way to verse 10, the Beatitudes, we talked about this sense of goodness or what people perceive as goodness in, compar in comparison to what the standard is from our perspective, not the standard that God has ordained or says, right? So that's the big understanding. So Paul was right in saying that no one is righteous, not even one. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, he says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that's important because that means no one can boast about their goodness that they claim to have. Instead, it requires submission and acceptance and understanding that this sin that you have needs to be addressed. And that's one thing Jesus does. So, therefore, that brings us up to the importance of Galatians chapter 3, verse 17 through 21. We're going to look at this in the NIV. Daniel? The law, introduced 430 years later, does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and does do away with the promise. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. But God in his grace gave it to Abraham through a promise. Why, then, was the law given at all? It was added because of transgressions unto the seed to whom the promise referred hath come. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. A mediator, however, implies more than one party. But God is one. Is the law, therefore, opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. Yeah, so the seed is Jesus Christ. And because he is the seed, he has come to do what no man was able to do thus far. And that was live the perfect life. That's why the understanding of the fulfillment is the completion, the satisfying of it. In order for Christ to redeem us, he had to be created like us to redeem us, right? And, and I can get into the importance of First and Second Samuel that speaks about Eli, the priest, sacrificing animals and his two sons who were taking the the fat meat off the bone. But the point is, this was a never ending cycle, at least in the Judaic principle when it comes to what was happening before Jesus became the ultimate sacrificial lamb to redeem us, right? But I'm not going to go to that extent. I'll just end by saying this, or we'll get into this. Jesus lived a life that I couldn't live and died the death I should have died. That's what you have to come to the realization of understanding. I can never live a perfect life, but through Christ, he did it for me. I should have died and I should die in my sins, but Christ, because of him, dies and replaces me. Therefore, that understanding of repentance is the action of forgiveness but the reassurance of changing one's behavior and the attempt to be holy. And that takes time. That's a process that doesn't happen overnight. But it's because of Christ and this opportunity that he has afforded to me. Right. It's a gift. I have access to it for I have access to it. And therefore, that access should not be in vain. I have to take full responsibility for it and I shouldn't ignore it. Now, to explain it a little bit deeper and more depth. 
Let's go to what Paul said in Galatians chapter 2, verse 15 through 21. Again, Galatians chapter 2, verse 15, 15 through 21 in the NIV. And he puts it so beautifully, and this is what he says. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we, too, have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. But if, in seeking to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also among the sinners, doesn't that mean that Christ promotes sin? Absolutely not. If I rebuild what I destroyed, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Yeah, beautifully said. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. All right. So let's unpack verses 18 through 20 of Matthew chapter 5. And I want to take a look at verse 18 in the NLT. Damn. I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. Well said, right? Not too much to go into, but I want to highlight something. Reading this verse informs me of another statement made by the prophet Isaiah, who uttered something very similar and profound in chapter 11 of Isaiah. And it's mentioned again by James as well. The reason why this passage we are about to read is so important is because God wants us to know the distinction between himself and man or humanity. Again, God wants us to have and know the distinction between himself and humanity. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8 through 11 in English Standard Version to understand Matthew chapter 5, verse 18. Sometimes... This is the importance of when you read scripture. Remember, the Bible is full of patterns, principles, and precepts. The Bible is full of patterns, principles, and precepts. The Bible is full of patterns, principles, and precepts. And because of that, you can allow scripture to interpret scripture. So, let's allow that to happen. Daniel? For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the things for which I sent it. Beautiful. So remember, Daniel said, I tell you truly, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's word would disappear until its purpose is fulfilled. And then we see clearly Isaiah 55, verse 11, he makes it clear. He says, 
my word, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, which means whatever it's gone out to do, it's going to do something. And that's why the next statement after the comment says, but it shall accomplish that which I have purposed and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it out to do. Very clear. So it's very clear that God has a purpose and that purpose is going to be accomplished because he's God and he's going to cause things to accomplish for his benefit and his glory, his honor and his praise. Now, this text of scripture lets me know that God is not a man who lies and he's not the author of confusion. Instead, he is a God who should trust who we should trust in at his word, period. Again, this context of scripture lets me know that God is not a man who lies and he's not the author of confusion. Instead, he is a God who we should trust in and his word. And that's it. So let's look at verse 19 through 20 in Matthew chapter 5. Daniel. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So to understand verse 19, I'm going to do the same thing I did for verse 18. I'm going to let scripture interpret scripture by providing another text that explains this a little bit more. Let's go to James chapter 2. We're going to read verses 8 to 11 in the NLT. Daniel? Yes, indeed. It is good when you obey the royal law as found in the scriptures. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you favor some people over others, you are committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. For the person who keeps all the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all God's laws. For the same God who said, you must not commit adultery, also said, you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. This is very clear that prioritizing one law over another does not escape you from the judgment of breaking any of them. Right? Let's dig even deeper. Let's also go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 9 through 14, also in the NLT. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the, for the scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commandments that are written in God's book of the law. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scripture says, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of law, which says, it is through obeying the law that a person has life. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Beautiful. Well said. Sometimes scripture interprets scripture, and sometimes scripture and other books complement your understanding of it all the reading of the last two portions 
of scripture explains why in verse 20 Jesus really was being sarcastic but at the same time direct when he said this Daniel well I tell you unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees you would never enter the kingdom of heaven why <laughs> he read it like that sarcastic yeah. right <laughs> Jesus is basically saying their standard the Pharisees and Sadducees of living along with their tradition is really ultimately unrealistic again Jesus is basically saying that the standard of the Pharisees and Sadducees and the way they're living along with their tradition is really ultimately unrealistic my suggestion is to revisit a few you know what's funny I took that a little different Okay, what would you what would you say? The way that the Pharisees live is so low that it's not you don't have to do much to be above it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I take that too. I take that too. Say same, same meaning. So in their eyes, remember they were righteous in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. Not until when Jesus came and he said, Oh, if if you're righteous in your own eyes and you don't admit the obvious, okay, we'll just judge you based upon what you think. And therefore, ultimately, we'll hold you to that standard. And obviously, if you're going to keep the law, make sure you keep all 613 of them. And by the way, if you if you trip over just one, just know you've broken them all. That's the reason why this fulfillment by Christ is so important, because we no longer live by the law. We live by grace through faith. And we have to understand we don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. But God generously is full of justice, patience. He's also a God that understands and wants to support us and be there for us in our weakest periods and times in our lives. And this is why he did it. And this is why what is done all along. Remember, the whole point of the law was so we could be conscientious of our sin, right? Which means here's a standard. Good luck with trying to fulfill that standard. And by the way, with this standard and these laws we have, if you mess up on one of them, you've pretty much broken all of them. That's how holy the law is. And that's how unholy we are because of our human nature and our desire to do the things we want to do without accountability, right? We tend to trip over these standards. And therefore, none of us will be seen righteous in the eyes of God. But hey, the important thing about boasting is that we boast that we know God. So, my suggestion here is to revisit this episode a few more times or take a look in greater detail of the passages of scripture today that we read during our time of unpacking it. And I believe that things will become much more clear. Again, we want to inform and encourage people that when it comes to knowing God, it's a process. Take your time. And I've learned over the years of reading scripture, sometimes focusing on a few verses at a time would do well in your clarity and understanding in your hearing. God can do a lot with a little bit of time that he has. Just make sure you, you take out of some time, give it to God, and allow him to speak through you. Speak to you through these this process. Don't think you have to read a bunch of passages every day. Because guess what? God's really going to speak to you when you can take just one or two verses sometimes and apply it. So with that being said, unless Daniel has anything he wants to add, we're going to finish up with devotional time. No, nothing to add. We can jump right into devotion. Um, All right. 
A good, a good place to usually start is Hebrews, right? Because why not? Let's take a look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 through 6 in the NIV version. It says this. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of great honor, and not great honor, but greater honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was a faithful as a servant in God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house, and we are his house. If indeed we hold firmly to our confidence in the hope in which we glory. So notice Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, not Moses. So it's important that we give glory, honor, and praise to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And God as well. No one else, okay? Here's the prayer for the week. Lord, help us to understand that personal growth is a journey that requires us to take it one day at a time, sometimes one step at a time. And a step can look different for every single person. It could just be something as simple as changing one little task that we accomplish or taking one little step to do something better that breaks a bad habit or old habit. So I pray that we adopt the same view when it comes to our faith in Jesus Christ, that we embrace our faith in God and that we don't rush the process. Lord, please make this mindset permanent and all of our listeners and all in agreement say, Amen.